Downing Street admitted Brexit played a part in long queues at the port of Dover over the weekend, a day after the Home Secretary denied it was a factor. The PM spokesperson is now acknowledging that new processes have contributed to the disruption. And England's women will wear blue shorts instead of white at this summer's World Cup, following concerns about periods. Their new home kit's going to be worn for the first time in Thursday's clash against Brazil. That's the latest. I'm Tim Jones. Ribble FM weather. Sponsored by Stones Young Sales and Lettings. Covering the whole of the Ribble Valley. Good sunny spells for your Monday with highs and double figures of 10 degrees Celsius into the afternoon. A little bit later though, we are expected a cool night ahead. Overnight in particular down to a minimum of 4 degrees. And the outlook for your Tuesday, once again double figures, sunny spells, bit of cloud at times. Highs of 11 degrees tomorrow. Drive time on Ribble FM. Sponsored by Dale's Automotive. Your local dealer for Subaru and Sanyong.
welcome. Hello. I'm so excited. Me too. But it's very bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, so you've got a book out. So tell us a little bit about you, where you're from and why on earth you're here. Okay. My name's Beck. Um, I, when I retired from the police in 2021, I decided to write a book called Police to Paranoia, which was published four weeks ago now. It's basically a true life story about when I was sectioned under mental health 16 years nearly now ago um, as a serving police officer. Uh, the book is quite harrowing. I've been mm. too brutally honest about all my time, the, the events leading up to my breakdown, a time in the psychiatric unit, which was absolutely horrendous, which I wanted mm-hmm. to highlight. Uh, and basically my recovery when I got out and finally fought to get my career back in the police. Yeah, so I've read it. Mm-hmm. Um, I read it in the space of 24 hours. Okay. Which is, it's highly unusual for me um, because I'm not a reader. It's, I, I really struggle with the attention span thing. So for me to, I couldn't put it down. And I had to, and I had to keep going back to it. And I think throughout the whole of the time, one of the things that I thought was the best thing about it is how you spoke to the reader. And it felt like we were living the journey with you. Okay. Like I can literally still now feel you sat on the radiator in that ward. Yeah, (laughs) which is good. That's how I wanted it to come across. So it works. And so I wasn't intending to do this interview. It was supposed to be um, for Ruth on Lancashire Live. And as I was reading and going through it, I was like, I have to. I just have to. Because everything that you said spoke to me. Okay. And obviously I've been really vocal about my own mental health (sighs) extravaganza, let's say that. Um, And everything that you said is just the journey of somebody that has truly struggled. Yeah. And it all made so much sense. Good. Let's go back to the beginning because so it was the passing of your grandmother and a breakdown of a relationship that really turned your life upside down. Yeah, which which doesn't sound major to contribute to like a major breakdown uh, because a lot of people, it happens in a lot of people's lives. But I think because it all happened at once, I was living a completely normal life um, Mm. prior to that happening. And because I had so much grief from the relationship and the passing of my uh, nana, it just... I spiralled basically Mm. Um, I went to the doctors got medication and to this day and it's even been proven now that it was a a combination Mm. of all the different types of medication that I was put on that sent me into a completely uh, psychotic breakdown yeah because it was described as being a drug induced psychotic obviously breakdown Yeah, and the bit where obviously everything kind of turned on its head and you know obviously you say just going back a little bit there you say obviously that you know um passing of your grandmother and a breakdown of a relationship is sort of normal to some extent but the grief of it actually i think it's really underestimated yeah i agree and because you're you're expected to feel a certain way and you're expected to feel a level of sadness but then if you if it goes further than that that's when people start to beat themselves up about it and obviously it can take some horrendously awful turns and the horrendously awful turn for you was um there was a day where uh, it was the mental health team it came to to yeah the crisis it was to my yeah to my myself and my partner's place yeah that was it yes of course and so what actually happened why on earth did they then because obviously people that have have not read the book and we'll try and not give you too many spoilers but just how on earth did you end up being sectioned so i kind of spiraled over the days prior to that i'd shut myself away anyway and i'd I'd tried various i wouldn't say well 
I tried to harm myself again mm. as a result of the medication, I believe. It mm. sent me into suicidal thoughts. And the days leading up to when I was sectioned, I just went worse and worse uh, to the point where the crisis team came around that day. My mum was there as well. She'd stayed overnight and my partner was there. Although it's a blur, I can remember bits. I think I just completely, my brain just shut down. It, it just had enough. Um, I freaked out. I didn't like the fact that the crisis team were in my house. Mm. I was scared. Mm. Uh, and I was just thrashing about on the floor. I wasn't being violent or anything, but to the point where they thought that they needed to call the police, which mm. was absolutely horrendous. I mean, being yeah. a police officer myself. Yeah, so tell us a bit about that. So obviously you've, you've spoken about it and this was your lifelong dream, really. Yeah. Since and, I was five. Yeah, and how old were you when all of this happened? I know? would have been 27. Yeah, and so you'd been a, an officer from your early 20s? 22, yeah, joined. Yeah. So, obviously then, they ring the police, mm. which, you know, obviously if it is blurry for you, it might be a little bit different, but how on earth does that feel? Horrendous. Yeah. Even to this day, it was the most humiliating, scary time of my life for mm. three police officers to come into my house mm. and handcuff me. I know, I couldn't believe that. Yeah, handcuff me. And I just think the way I was treated, and I'm not going to diss people or anything like that because they dealt with it how they thought they needed to deal with it at the time. And but, how they dealt with things at the time yeah. as well, which you'd hope that they're different today. But yeah. I'd hoped, yeah, I'd like to think so. And then I, I was taken out of my address to the nearest police station. I was held there and then it was decided that I needed to, did, needed to be sectioned under the Mental Health Act. I mean, for me, when I was reading that, I was like, oh my word, you were being treated as a criminal. Oh, 100%, yeah. And it was horrific. I think the thing that's always stuck in my head as well is my poor mum. My mum had to witness that. Mm. And that has stayed with her more than anything, I think. I bet. Because she just felt powerless, really.
listen to Ribble FM anytime, anywhere. Download our dedicated smartphone app. Go to ribblefm.com. I don't really have friends. Don't go out on weekends. I don't have a lover left to hold. Friday night I'm alone. Sat at the piano. Thinking about the ex I shouldn't call. You say, now I see. You busy out and living my wildest of dreams With new friends, new cities But now inside my heart wants to scream Time on Ribble FM, sponsored by Dale's Automotive, your local dealer for Subaru and Sanyong. Premier Chadburn Village Store does exactly what it says on the tin. A local convenience store run by local people that offers the cheapest 24-7 pay-at-the-pump fuel, comprehensive range of groceries, and we're also a pay zone provider for bill payments and mobile top-ups. Open from 6am until 9pm, we're here when you need us. Chadburn Village Store, open when you need us most. Take action to address the pressures affecting your physical and emotional well-being. Sarah Pate Clinical Reflex 
reflexology is basically their own leisure. Using the feet, she encourages the body and mind to rebalance, alleviating stress and naturally promoting better health. To book, visit sarahpateclinicalreflexology.co.uk or find her on social media. Why should you use Ribble Valley Checkered Flag in Chatburn? Here you'll find a team of friendly mechanics who offer advice on any issues and can even plug into your vehicle and diagnose any blinking lights on your dash or find those knocks and rattles. Whatever it may be, we're sure to find it. With Payment Assist, those unexpected repair bills can be paid off in four interest-free payments. So you can be on your way in no time with no worries. Ribble Valley Checkered Flag, Chatburn. Find us on Facebook at Ribble Valley Checkered Flag or give us a call on 01200 441 for any queries. It's time to get away with a foldaway. Escape to the country with one of our folding mobility scooters. Here at Modern Mobility, we understand the importance of keeping your independence and enjoying days out with your family and friends. We have some of the lightest and quickest folding mobility scooters, so you don't have to miss out on anything. With easy payment options and friendly experts on hand at all times, finding your ideal scooter has never been easier. Why not visit our shop located on Castle Street or give us a call on 01200 760 006 and discover your perfect staycation scooter now.
I've often said um, when, you know, I've obviously been working with people with mental health struggles and with my own that I can handle my own mental health problems and some have been incredibly severe mm. better than I can handle it happening to my parents because you're not in control when it's happening to somebody that you love and yeah. I could feel that for you and I'm glad she's not here today I know I was, she was I, hoping to come but she couldn't in the end <laughs> because I wanted to meet you mum because as I was reading your story I was also empathizing with her feelings as well of of being so powerless and and obviously um, reading about her visiting you in the hospital as well and those visits and obviously they were horrendous for you and but how looking forward to them you were and how like your whole week basically hinged on their visits yeah. and you know and how was that for them to have to go there but I, doubt, I want to come back to this criminal element because it really shocked me I think um, and I know a lot about your sectioning but yeah. but the fact that you were taken to a police station handcuffed and dragged out of your home was the last thing in the world that anybody needs when they're struggling with that. We're supposed to get help. Yeah. Not make the situation a thousand times worse. Yeah. And, you know, I talk about, um, there's still a lot of people who, who say so-and-so committed suicide and we're not allowed to say that anymore. We're supposed to say died by suicide because yeah. it still comes from that old connotation of when suicide was a crime and even 16 years ago and like I said I hope it doesn't go on today in the same way but even 16 years ago you were still being treated as a criminal yeah and to be an officer I can't imagine how on earth oh it was horrendous horrendous and again I, I don't want to call people because no it's but, not their fault yeah it's no, the system's fault it's the system's fault mm. yeah and it, and it was it was traumatizing and yeah. it, I think that's something that will always stay with me how it was handled really and how do you deal with that um, I think just over the years I've lived to deal with it. Mm. It took me a very, very long time to get over that and over everything, to be honest. But I think in the last, I'd say, six or seven years, I genuinely feel like I can handle things now through counselling I've been mm. to, which which did help me. I was cynical about it in the beginning. Yeah. But I think just from speaking about it, it yeah, it did help me. Yeah. And you obviously, you talk about how trauma lies dormant. Yeah. I read that and I was like... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it does, definitely. <laughs> that is absolutely, it's always still there. But not only that, though, the things that you had seen as an officer and then obviously continued to see in the years afterwards, how does somebody with the career background and the things that you have seen, how do you deal with that for the rest of your life? <sighs> I think... <laughs> That's a question, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, I think... I think with any officer, myself probably more so because of the ad added trauma I went through personally, mm. I think you just learn to live with it. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think, it, like I said, it will always be there. Even mm. when if I, come, if I watch something on TV um, or I smell something, even disinfectant, because that's what yeah. the psychiatric hospital smelt of, mm -hmm. it can send me back there in an instance, anything like that. Mm. And then I kind of just take a bit of time out, calm myself down a little bit, and I'm all right again then. That actually leads me nicely on to triggers. Mm. Because what you say there, um, I remember a couple of years ago, um, and I, I absolutely felt like I was completely and utterly cracking up. Mm. And um, and these people around me at the time were like, what, what's affecting you? And I said, it's the weather. And they were like, what? <laughs> like, no, really. I said, I know how stupid this may sound, yeah. but the feel of the weather is really affecting me. And what I've 
what I've now found out is that education with yourself and learning your own triggers. Yeah. And so one thing that I've learned over the years, because um, I've had ugh, various diagnoses, one of them is complex post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Which small triggers like the change in the weather can set off a new episode. Right, okay. And so, for example, it happens every autumn, I lose the plot. Right. And now we're very firmly aware of it. We know what I have to do to get myself through it. Yeah. And basically, it's just take a step back, accept it, and and deal with it as best you can at the time. Mm. But it's when the weather changes uh, from summer to autumn and you start to feel that first morning when you go outside and you feel it's a little bit crisp in the air. Yeah. And it took me five years to find that one trigger. What are your triggers and how did you find them? My triggers... I think that my main triggers were always about anything revolving around psychiatric units or anything like that, yes. which was especially hard when I managed to go back to work. And again, I explain it in the book that first time that I had to set foot in there, even though it was a different place. Yeah. For me, again, it was the smells of places, the corridors, anything like that. And even if when I used to go into A&E to deal with a, a normal assault or anything like that, although it wasn't yeah. a psychiatric hospital, it was a similar environment. Mm. So they were the my kind of triggers. Anything on TV, which I just had to turn over. I can watch things to a certain point now, but I still have to turn them off because they're just too upsetting, really, really even like 16 what? years down the line. I remember watching last year, there was um, an undercover programme on a psychiatric unit where someone went in oh. um, and portrayed to be a member of staff. Uh, and he managed to wear a body cam inside. Um, and the behaviour that he was still portraying, the staff, mm. was so similar on a lesser scale than how they treated me, but was so similar. Mm. Um, laughing and joking and basically treating people like they're a piece of meat. And that, yeah. that set me off again. So I had to kind of turn that off eventually. Uh, anything like that, really. Yeah, because there was a lot... I um, One of the times where I really did feel for you is obviously when you're talking about where you are... Um, in the hospital and when people were laughing mm. and how they dealt with you and it's it all felt so inhumane. Yeah, definitely. It was horrendous, horrendous. I mean, I'd been into these places mm. as, a, as a police officer prior to being sectioned and I think you just get on with it at the time because you're not aware of yeah. what's going on and you're kind of you professionals at the end of the day or so you think they are and a lot of them are. Mm. Again, there's good and bad in every job. But yeah. when I was on the other side, as a patient in there, horrendous. I just, mm. I, I still can't believe how they treated me. And even again, 16 years down the line, it still makes me angry how they treated me. Sleep with my shadow Trying to find my faith in tomorrow Holding on to the memories How I used to be for love Got sick of the battle Gave myself a heart made of metal Calling out for someone to rescue me Then you danced into my life Beautiful visions come to me And they stay forever
Drive Time on Ribble FM. Sponsored by Dale's Automotive, your local dealer for Subaru and Sanyong. Clavel Bait and Nephew Dental Practice have a highly experienced team of dental surgeons who use pioneering technology to deliver treatments for loose dentures, missing teeth and more. And if you're looking for dental implants or even a cosmetic makeover, please come in for a consultation and discuss your options. We even have late night appointments available. We're based in Worley in the heart of the Ribble Valley. So call us today on 01254 823 221. Clavel Bait and Nephew, here to give you the smile you deserve. Do you have lower back pain, joints hurting, or are you recovering from an injury or operation? Clitheroe Cryo has already helped numerous people alleviate these and many more symptoms. So, could cryotherapy be the solution you're looking for? Located at Clitheroe Leisure and featuring a state-of-the-art cryo chamber, you could expect to recover faster, speed up metabolism, and clear up acne, psoriasis, and eczema. And the benefits don't stop there. Cryotherapy. Give it a try and see improvement after the first session and discounts available for multi-session bookings get in touch via our website clitheroe-cryo.co.uk or on our social media pages the rumour is out Clitheroe has a brand new nighttime venue like nothing you've ever seen before with floral features and chandeliers to rival a palace it is the ultimate visionary treat for the eyes the cocktails are here to ignite your taste buds whilst the DJs and saxophone players set your soul on fire it was the best kept secret in the valley but now the rumor is out it's time to get your dancing shoes on and party the night away rumor york street clitheroe get there quick it's set to be a sellout Steve loves his brand new shiny Subaru Outback. In fact, there's nothing he likes better than spending all weekend getting it utterly, completely filthy. The all-new, all-wheel-drive Subaru Outback, our toughest, most rugged SUV yet. With advanced safety features fitted as standard, mud not included. Visit Dale's Automotive to book a test drive. Subaru, the next generation of adventure. Front porch. 
And it's when you think, even, you know, obviously I, I know your history and I know your background, but even when I was reading it, I very much got the feeling of you were just a number, so yeah. to speak. Your career, who you were, what you cared about, what you were passionate about, none of that mattered or ever even came into it at all. You were just another human that was there, that they were there to help survive. Yeah. Whereas you as a person was completely forgotten. Yeah. And it's like the other people that were in there with you. There weren't much talk in the book about the other people, obviously, aside from the... Scowl um, girl. Yeah. And we won't say what she then got called. Yeah. Um, because then that's a bit of a spoiler for you all. But yeah, there was a girl in there who took a dislike to you. Yeah. Um, which I feel like, you know, and again, I felt like reading it, I felt so protective of you because yeah. I was like, what's going to happen to her? I know. Um but what were the other people in there like? Again, you know, it's kind of like their identities would have been lost too. Yeah, totally drugged up. Everyone was totally drugged up. And, th- and this is what needs to change in these places. And again, people might be listening to this that are in that profession and be thinking, well, they need to be. And, and yes, some people will need to be for their mm. own safety, for their own um, treatment. I, I get that. But there's a time and a place for doing it because a lot of the times that they drugged me up, I didn't think it was justified. Um, yeah. It felt like to keep you quiet. Yeah. Um, and to yeah. keep you managed. Yeah. Rather than to help you. Again, yeah. taking away that human element. Yeah. Which leads us on actually quite nicely because, um, like I say, you know, I've spent five years working in the mental health industry and i'm quite passionately against antidepressants yeah me too (laughs) and medication for for mental health i do take medication now um for my mental health but i have been on antidepressants i was addicted to them and i won't go near them again now and they have a place because i definitely believe that they saved my life at one point in time but i understood everything that you were saying about your reluctance towards medication and Mm. i think there's one thing that's misunderstood for people because it's a very common knowledge that people who are mentally unwell you know they they don't want to take medication and then they do hide the pills and all the rest of it it's like if you've not been there you don't understand why they do it yeah and obviously you were doing that at certain times so talk to me about your um your conception of medication for mental health and why you are now obviously against it yeah i think well i purely put it down to what happened to me my psychotic breakdown i think Mm. if i'd gone if I'd stayed on even one depressant, mm. I don't think it would have happened to me. But because I wasn't, my behaviour wasn't changing and I was kind of a, a plateau, they'd try different medication, I'd get weaned off one, put on another. I'd be on, before I knew it, I was on a cocktail of drugs. Yeah. And, and it definitely, it, it completely messed my head up. I never, ever, prior to it, had any suicidal thoughts in my life. I was always happy-go-lucky Beck, which I am back mm. to now. And it, and it's scary what medication can do to you. And, and like you say, I'm totally against antidepressants mm. now. And again, they do work for some people. Mm-hmm. I, I know a yeah, lot yeah. of people that are on them and they work for them. Yeah. But I think it was the concoction that I was put on and the psychotic mm. drugs. And especially when I was inside there, they just they drugged me up to the eyeballs. I didn't know what day of the week it was. And that's yeah. why I started to hide my medication. So I thought if I had any way of fighting it and getting out of there I had to get on an even keel and have a bit of a clear head mm. which didn't go down very well no you didn't no and honestly you know when you're like you're watching a TV programme and you can see your main character's about to do something they shouldn't be doing and you're like no stop it I know I know <laughs> I was rubbish at doing what I did <laughs> about five times I'm like oh no what's she doing now I know 
I, I just wanted a clear oh. head and it was it was bizarre because I knew you had to behave in those places as well. That I place know. I was in anyway, which is thankfully closed down a while ago now. But if you didn't behave, you knew what the repercussions would be. Mm-hmm. And, well, you've read it. They, they, did, they treated me yeah. not like a human being in the slightest. No. Um, so when you came out, going back to work... What was it like? Scary. Yeah. I was terrified that people would judge me. That I would be like that kind of nutter. That I mean, I had that perception about myself for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Because you do. You're the gossip of the station, probably. Yeah. Although I had a lot mm. of good friends, you're still the gossip. And I've never been, I never wanted to be that. Mm. Because people didn't understand it. And, nope. and since... I've done my book, which has been nice. People have even messaged me, not friends particularly, but colleagues that I worked with back then, and said to me, I'm really sorry, I was probably one of those that did gossip about you, and I've read your book, and it's amazing, and I'm really sorry for how, if I was ever part of that gossip, because I didn't understand, and I I respect that, but I understand as well, because I didn't understand it, so people weren't going to understand it, were they? It's about changing times, isn't mm. it? You know, and one of the things I wanted to pick up with you is about the stigma, you know, and how it still exists. And yeah. in my opinion, we have come a long way yeah, in 16 I agree. years. I really do think we have. But I still feel like we've got such a long way to go. Yeah. Because it's, and also, it's not, in, just in my personal opinion, it's not just about antidepressants, medication, and sitting in a room and talking to somebody. The biggest thing that changed my life, and I feel like you've touched on it as well in the book, is understanding yourself. Yeah, definitely. And having a label to maybe what happened to you, that's what I found so scary because I didn't know at the time I'd had a psychotic breakdown. It was never Mm. described to me by Mm. any professional. It's Mm. only over the years I later found that out. So for me, I was totally losing my mind and there was no coming back. That's why it was probably doubly scary for me. Yeah, and it's like, we can deal with the truth, whatever it is, we just need to have the truth. So them giving you that label and saying, yes, this was a psychotic breakdown, you can accept that, you can understand it, research it all you want, mm-hmm. and then move on. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's kind of feels like what you did yeah. eventually manage to be able to do. How long would you say until you felt fully recovered? I'd say probably seven years after it happened. mm I'd started to go back to some kind of normality, I'd say, after two years when mm. I went back to work. Yeah, you took quite a, a recovery time, didn't you? Yeah, mm. yeah, I was off work about 18 months just mm. because, I mean, I couldn't even get out of bed and see a friend, so I thought, what chance did yeah. I have of going, being a police officer and helping people, and I couldn't mm. even help myself at that stage. Mm. But I just think, I think, I genuinely think it's just the support of my family and friends that got me through it, 100%, yeah. and an exercise for me once I started getting back into my running and the things that I was interested in Mm. my confidence got up a bit um yeah I think I mean again it's different for everyone isn't it time frames and because every mental health is completely different for every individual isn't it um yeah and once you think you understand it and know it it changes again (laughs) yeah yeah I just think it's so hard to understand because yeah and again I think I touch on it in my book that if you break your leg people can see and, and even if you've never broken anything you can physically see it but in people's heads you have no idea what's going on and people can sympathize and try and help you but no one knows what you're truly going through and that's the scary thing with mental health I think because you can't 
physically put it into words or make people understand exactly how you're feeling. Well, also, when your brain is broken, how are you expected to understand the concept of how you're supposed to fix it? Exactly. Like, you know, that in itself is the one thing that can actually help you, is the one thing that is struggling. Yeah. Which And we lean on medical professionals and... I just don't think that we are the great, obviously, and all the rest of it. But I just don't think that we're entirely there yet. No, I agree. Um, And I think we've got such a long way to go in the country, the world, and the whole thing. You know, I was... um, Because I think, what is the future of mental health? What does it look like? There must be some... And there are, now coming out in America, there are brain scans that show, um, like, the neurons and things in your brain and stuff. And they can actually help diagnose depression and anxiety and other other issues. So, uh, but again, it feels such a long way, whereas modern medicine today and everything else that we deal with feels so far down the line I still feel like we're 50 years behind with mental health Yeah, and we've got to help ourselves as best as we possibly can and it's a constant ever changing face of what do we do now and how can we help ourselves
106.7 FM, streaming from our website and on smart speakers, live and local across the Ribble Valley. Ribble FM News. From the Sky News Centre at five, a man who murdered nine-year-old Olivia Pratt-Corbell in Liverpool has been sentenced to a minimum of 42 years in prison. Thomas Cashman chased a convicted burglar into her home and opened fire last August. The 34-year-old refused to appear at Manchester Crown Court, which the judge described as disrespectful. Olivia's aunt, Louise Pratt, spoke outside. Olivia Pratt-Corbell died a scared nine-year-old and we hope Cashman is haunted by this knowledge for the rest of his life. In the past hour, the brother of this morning star, Philip Schofield, has been found guilty of sexually abusing a teenage boy over a period of three years. Timothy Schofield, a civilian police worker, was charged with 11 offences between 2016 and 2019. Two teaching strikes are going ahead in England in the coming weeks after the government's latest pay offer was rejected. 98% of teachers with the National Education Union voted in a ballot of rejected a rise of 4.5%. It means staff in England will walk out on April the 27th and May the 2nd as planned. The Prime Minister is not happy though. I'm extremely disappointed with the actions of the NEU teaching union. And the government, after dialogue, made uh, what I consider to be a very reasonable pay offer. A 26-year-old woman's been arrested in Russia after a pro-Putin military blogger was killed in an explosion in St. Petersburg. Vladlin Tatarsky died in an explosion in a cafe in the city yesterday. Donald Trump's about to travel from Florida to New York ahead of a court appearance tomorrow related to a hush money payment. He's accused of paying off a woman he had an affair with to benefit his 2016 presidential campaign. And Lord Sugars enjoyed a big payout after selling his stake in a skincare business run by a former apprentice contestant. He initially invested £200,000 in Tropic Skincare in 2011, which made a pre tax profit of about 10 million in 2021. That's the latest. I'm Tim Jones. Ribble FM weather. Sponsored by Stones Young Sales and Lettings. Covering the whole of the Ribble Valley. Good sunny spells for your Monday with highs and double figures of 10 degrees Celsius into the afternoon. A little bit later though, we are expected a cool night ahead. Overnight in particular down to a minimum of 4 degrees. And the outlook for your Tuesday, once again double figures, sunny spells, bit of cloud at times. Highs of 11 degrees tomorrow. Drive time on Ribble FM. Sponsored by Dale's Automotive. Your local dealer for Subaru and Sanyong.
believe that that's it now you're fully recovered for the rest of your life or is it always going to be something that's potentially a, a possible weakness in the back of the mind for you i think if you'd asked me that five years ago i'd say i'd always had that one percent worry but yeah. i think i'm pretty confident i'll be all right now purely because i can put it down to that drug-induced Mm-hmm. psychosis i think don't get me wrong i still suffer a bit of anxiety like yeah, yeah. i think a lot of people in this world now oh, especially after covid yeah exactly <laughs> and i still think i do especially health anxiety a little bit yeah i read that which is um again something really underplayed and actually quite common and people don't really talk about it mm. just give me a little bit on that what the health anxiety part i think it's because my psychosis and my i homed in on the fact that i was i was basically there was a conspiracy and i was dying Mm. and this is what psychosis Mm. does it makes you paranoid and you fixate on something and that was my fixation that i was dying at the time and it might seem bizarre to people but that was my thing and i think although and that stayed with me for years and years and years even when i got better Mm. if i got a little bit ill i'd be panicky but that gradually has got a lot lot better i don't rush to the doctors anymore or anything like that but i think it that if anything that might stay with me for life in yeah. the back of my head and especially after what happened to my dad dying so suddenly really yeah i think that will always be a little tiny part of me but it's a small price to pay for being here today after what i went through really yeah and if that is probably the the final battle scar that you've got left of it yeah that's you know well, i don't think it should be underestimated but i think that for what you've been through yeah you'd expect a lot more yeah and you say that about your dad. Obviously, your dad passed away, and you had another relationship breakdown at the same time. Yeah, is it? Yeah. And I was like, Oh no! I know. I know. <laughs> Are we going to do it again? I know. <laughs> how did How did you get through that? Again, I think it was because I wasn't drugged up. Yeah. I didn't go near any medication whatsoever. And don't get me wrong, it proper. It really scared me at the time because again, yeah. a massive, significant death, even more so, and a yeah. lot more traumatic. And the breakdown of another relationship for the same length of time. Yeah. And I, and I did. I, I was terrified that I was going to go back. And if anything would have got me back there to that dark place, it would have been those two events. But mm. I was I was okay. Don't get me wrong. I was traumatised after yeah. my dad. But I was okay. Yeah. I, I managed to get through it, which, which again gave me that extra bit of reassurance that yeah. that thing that happened 16 years ago, as I've always called it, my blip in my life, yeah. was a blip and I, I'd be okay. And you've gone on to have a daughter. I have, well, yeah. You've got two children now, right? Yeah, yeah. Two daughters? Yeah, Phoebe yes. and Betsy. That's <laughs> yeah. So tell us about life now. What how, what does it look like now? It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I couldn't be happier and I genuinely mean that. I, I never thought, they're all, I'd always wanted kids, a kid of my own. Obviously, I've been... Uh, a parent to Phoebe from a very early age who I love to bits and she's like my own but I never I've always wanted that urge to have my own child mm-hmm. and after I was ill I thought my chances had gone with that I even started to think that all the medication I'd been on I wouldn't get a chance oh, to yeah. even conceive a child um, but I did I went on to have Betsy who's three now just over three and it, it's just amazing it's all my dreams come true really oh. it is I couldn't be happier <laughs> Yeah, and I got married last year, and it's just everything's kind of fallen into place, really. Oh, did um, postnatal scare you at all? Yeah, it did. Mm. It did, and um, again, I thought because that happened, am I? I don't know, susceptible? Subse- yeah. yeah, susceptible to it. But again, I, I sailed through it. I was absolutely wow. fine. That's but amazing. Yeah, but yeah, I was a little bit worried that that would happen to me. 
something in my liberty on my mind. Happiness coming and going. I watch you look up and watch my fever grow and on just where I am. But how many corners do I have to turn? How many times do I have to learn? All the love I have is in my
tripping, no, I've been tripping about you daily. I've been out of my mind, looking all kind of crazy. Oh, hope you know I, hope you know I'm not greedy. I
Drive Time on Ribble FM. Sponsored by Dale's Automotive, your local dealer for Subaru and Sanyong. Carpets, the foundation that makes your house a home. KWC Carpets Clitheroe stock a wide range of floorings, carpet, laminate, vinyl, hardwood, and even artificial grass. Lots of different styles and colours, suitable for domestic or commercial. Fitting, no problem. Our team of friendly fitters can be booked for a time that suits you. We even take the old flooring away too. Come in and see the showroom six days a week or give us a call on 01200 425 400. Free measure and quote service available. KWC Carpets, making your house a home. Whether you miss a couple of items or need a full set, school uniforms are what we do best. And we make it so easy. All our stock is in a display, organised in school order, size order and easy to reach. Plus, we have plenty of stock. RVS have been supplying all local school uniforms for over 20 years. So come and see us behind NatWest Bank or visit our website at rvsschoolwear.co.uk. If you've had an accident and you need help, call the friendly team at James Alp as one of the UK's leading repair centres and have 30 manufacturer approvals. Your fault or not, we'll provide you with a replacement vehicle. So call us now on 01200 444455. RCH Catering is your go-to for special occasions and events in the Ribble Valley. We offer a wide range of services that bring the restaurant to your home. From private catering to birthday parties, special occasions, home dinners, events and masterclasses. Our experienced team will ensure your event is a success. Providing you with delicious, fresh food and professional service. Whether you're planning a birthday party or a special occasion, let us make it unforgettable. Contact us today at 07. 506-510-301 to discuss how we can make your event special.
from round here, for round here, 106.7 Ribble FM. Love, shine a light in every corner of my heart. Let the love light carry, let the love light carry. Light up the magic in every little part. Let our love shine a light in every corner of my heart. on this in the book and this is something that has always been I've seen this time and time again with people it's the fear of talking about what you're feeling mentally and the struggle that you may be going through because I think there'll probably be a lot of people listening to this day will feel the same thing yeah that but what about when I'm better am I still going to be judged like I'm unwell and will they constantly look at me differently or think of me differently you mentioned that in the book didn't you yeah Tell me about life after you felt like you got better. Did you feel like you were still judged? It was a bit easier for myself because I went from one division to a different division. Mm -hmm. And I went to a place where I wanted a fresh start. I think the odd people knew about what happened to me. But luckily for me, no one gossiped at my new place. So it was easier for me to pick myself kind of up. But I always had that thing at the back of my head. 
if police officers from other divisions or that yeah. particular division came into our police station, which often happens, mm. and it did on one occasion. I saw someone from where I used to work, and, yeah, it, it was panicky because you do think that you'll always be known as that person that yeah. had that breakdown, that was arrested as a police officer by the police mm. and labelled. And, and I was, I was scared that that label would stick with me for life. And and this is why it's been so big for me to put this book out as well. I've debated it, for, um, not debated the book, but I've debated about telling people about things because I've kept it to myself for so long. And even people... My friends that I worked with for 15 years didn't know anything yeah. about my breakdown. So putting it into a book and putting it out there for people to read, it's been so huge for me because, yeah, I, I think I have been worried that people would look at me different. Would they think that I was different behind closed doors and not the Beck that they know? Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that isn't the case. And from the feedback I've had, luckily, I think if anything, it's given, it's helped people so far. Yeah, I know, um, yeah. It's when you hear somebody or read somebody saying the exact same things as you felt and thought, that feeling of knowing that you're not alone yeah. is an absolutely priceless gift that you can give to anybody. Definitely, and I wish I'd had that really all yeah. those years ago for someone to have written a book mm. like that and, and for me to be able to read because I think it would have helped me. Yeah. How do we change the future? I think not be too quick to section the people that don't need to be sectioned. Mm-hmm. to offer alternative, and it's not just counselling, even alternative yeah. therapies is a must. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I don't know what those would look like. Well, but don't it baffle your brain that the only two real therapies the NHS offer are CBT and counselling? Yeah. How, do, how on earth, in this day and age, can we only have those two types of therapies? I know. You know, I know that there's a whole spectrum of help that's available for people. And, you know, and I talk about it in where I used to work. We used to have on one end of the scale, we'd have very clinical, so psychiatrists, medication, all the rest of it. On the opposite side of the scale, we'd have people do banging bells and gongs and, you know, sound yeah. baths and all that yeah. kind of business. It's like I'm somewhere in the middle as a person. Mm. But for a lot of people, they will be down on the sound bells and the gongs and yeah. the, the music stuff and all the rest of it. And that will help them. Mm. Whereas this whole counselling and CBT, I've been through about eight rounds of counselling. Not one of them has done me any good. Yeah. Not really. And I get that. Transactional analysis absolutely changed my life because it taught me my behaviours, how I act and how I can be different in future. Mm. Saved my life. Counselling, sitting in a room talking with somebody, I talk to people all day long for goodness sake. Yeah. It's not going to help me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what... What kind of things do you think when we talk about, you know, you say you don't know what alternatives, but what do you think would be good alternatives for people to try? Um, Exercise, obviously. Yeah, exercise, massively. I think finding what that people, person, even if they're not interested in it now, but was interested in, and and getting some kind of programme together to kind of bring that person back Mm. and out of that dark place that they're in, not just Mm. giving them medication, because that's a quick fix. Mm-hmm. Because that drives me mad. When you, if you go to the doctors, I feel damn. Here's me some medication. Nothing else is offered first. Yeah. Um, but writing. Yeah. Put him writing. Yeah, writing. One hundred percent. That for me has helped me more than anything. Because although I, I've come to terms with it, and I did a long time ago, and people have asked me how I felt since I put the book out there, and I can genuinely, hand on heart, say that. I feel free for the first time. Oh. I, I don't feel ashamed wow. at all about what happened to me because I've put it out there. 
everything and that's why I wanted the book to be so honest that's why I wanted to self-publish in the end because I didn't want anyone messing with it yeah I did wonder how you got away with it yeah yeah (laughs) and I just and I just wanted it out there because Mm. I think if you're going to do it do it yeah and and it has it's helped me massively oh I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair in 77 and 69, revolution was in the air. I was born too late into a world that doesn't care. Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair. When the head of state didn't play guitar, not everybody drove a car. When music really mattered and when radio was king. When accountants didn't have control and the media couldn't buy your soul When computers were still scary and we didn't know everything Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair In 77 and 69, revolution was in the air I was born too late into a world that doesn't care Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair when pop stars still remained a myth and ignorance could still be bliss And when God saved the queen, she turned a white, a shade of pale My mom and dad were in their teens and anarchy was still a dream And the only way to stay in touch was a letter in the mail Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair In 77 and 69, revolution was in the air I was born too late into a world that Record shops were still on top and vinyl was all that they stopped And the super info highway was still drifting out in space Kids were wearing hand-me-downs and playing games Men kick arounds and footballers still had long hair and dirt across their face Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair 77 and 69, Time on Ribble FM, sponsored by Dale's Automotive, your local dealer for Subaru and Sanyong. Visit Border Supplies Gisborne, more than just a welding and engineering supply store. Stocking an extensive range of steel, ironmongery, fixing and fasteners, hand tools, power tools, workwear and gases. From leading brands such as BOC, Milwaukee, Teng Tools, Metabo, Stanley, Mugboot, Dickies and much more. Visit us at Pendle Mill, Mill Lane, Gisborne. Or call our industry specialists on 01200 400 988. At Border Supplies, we're getting you on top of your job. Thinking of selling or letting your property? Look no further than award-winning estate agents Stones Young Sales and Lettings. They pride themselves on providing unrivaled customer service, making sure both you and your property are in safe hands. 
Their Clitheroe office is located on Moore Lane, opposite Sainsbury's. Branch manager Sarah and her team all live locally and are vastly experienced in all property matters. Allow Stones Young to ensure a smooth process when selling or letting your home by giving them a call today on 01200 408 408 or visiting stonesyoung.co.uk to see how they can help you. Ramsbottom Kitchen Company could make your 2023 all shades of fabulous with 20% off all our brand new displays. Be on trend with walnut and jet black, go traditional with painted colours like Spitfire Blue, or go bold with botanical green. Now with 20% off all new kitchens and new colours. As always, we offer an exclusive design and plan service, so now is the time to call into the Ramsbottom Kitchen Company showroom. Live. Love. Eat. Search Ramsbottom Kitchens.
Valley. This is Ribble FM. to say to write has made me feel free yeah yeah it has definitely mm. and they say that I mean when I went for counselling god years and years ago they said then keep a diary but yeah. I wasn't in the right frame of mind to do it then yeah because my head was still messed up and I thought oh that's a load of rubbish it's not going to help me mm. and I think you've got to do it when you're ready to do it it's like yeah. anything isn't it it's you know when you're ready to carry on and and do those things that might help you you can't be forced to do them do anything the power of acceptance yeah has been phenomenal for me just because accepting the fact that you know what today i can't get out of bed so you know what i'm not going to try yeah if i really can't i'm not going to yeah because you know what tomorrow might be different so i'm just going to live all you need is a shred of hope yeah and a shred of things may get better tomorrow to continue and finding whatever it is and accepting how you feel and accepting do you know what this has been a terrible situation yeah right now i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna go with it without whatever emotions and feelings are coming up with it 
and then tomorrow and in the future things might get a bit better I'm going to accept right now I can't write about it I don't want to yeah. do your diary yeah but you know what in 16 years <laughs> yeah yeah I'm going to and watch what I'm going to do with it exactly <laughs> I know and I didn't even plan to put it into a book at first and it was only because I went to see a counsellor when I left the police yeah. um, you were offered a few counselling sessions just to yeah. talk about any any bad experiences you'd seen in the police and I used those sessions and it, it just naturally fell back into my experience all those years ago and at the end of my last one my counsellor um, Zoe she even said to me it's such a fascinating story in your journey about how your resilience and how you've got to where you are now why don't you turn it into a book and I thought nah, no one will be interested in reading <laughs> this but I did I wrote it all down it took me a long time and then yeah I thought why not if it can help and yeah. I don't want it to come across as cheesy this but if it can help one person out yeah. there relate to anything or give them that push to keep going then it was it was worth every minute it's like I've said to you off air the time you were going through that I was going through something similar and I felt if there's one thing I felt at that time it was that I was completely on my own and nobody in the world was going through the same thing whatsoever and even now reading it helps me as that person 16 years ago back then knowing that you were going through worse far worse actually and actually we are all here still to tell the tale and life does go on yeah it does and you've still got a full life left to live you've just got to stick with it definitely which i think so before we go is there any message that you want to say as your final goodbye (laughs) and anything you'd want to say to anybody that was listening now if there's anyone out there that that is struggling with any kind of mental health whatsoever you're probably like I did feel like you're not going to get better and there isn't any light at the end of the end of the tunnel but 100% there is and I'm not saying this for everyone but if you if you keep Mm -hmm. fighting and just take each day as it comes minute by minute yeah little steps you might have go backwards a bit but keep keep going and and it does genuinely get better and even if you have to go on to live a different life it's still a good life amazing um my final words to you uh your dad told you when he was dying um how strong you are and i just want to tell you i feel the same thank you you are incredibly strong thank you very much well done thank you on your journey the story everything please go and read tell people where you can buy it and how they can find you okay so you can buy my book it's called police to paranoia um you can get it on amazon uh wh smith and waterstones online um it's under rebecca j house uh, my name author name and i've also got a uh, web my own website which is rebecca <laughs> j house dash author.co.uk and we'll put a link to it on all of our socials it's been amazing to talk to you thank you for, thank you for talking having me. to us today thank you
for the Ribble Valley. On air, online and on your smartphone app. Ribble FM. Well, I started out Down a dirty road Started out All alone And the sun went down 
across the hill And the town lit up The world got still I'm learning to fly But I ain't got wings Coming down Is the hardest thing Well, the good old days May not return And the rocks might melt And the sea may Yeah. 